Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Fields here, and we are here one more time. One more time. I'm so glad the Lord has given us one more time to come together, to go into his word, as we do every week. We've been blessed to do so. I don't take it for granted to be able to come together with you for fellowship and to go into the word of the Lord. God has been so gracious to us, so kind so merciful. I love the Lord. How about you? We're getting ready to start. Of course, we want to give some more of the saints time to come into the room before we begin. We have been in the series uh, for some time. Uh, we started in Hosea, taking nuggets out of the minor prophets, lessons from the minor prophets. We started in Hosea, the evidence of spiritual decline. <clears throat> Excuse me. From there, we went to Haggai, and uh, we talked about a call to self-examination. From there, we were in the book of Amos, uh, and we asked the question, are you tired or lazy? Last week, uh, we were in the book of Jonah, and we talked about uh, another chance. God gives us another chance. Uh, we changed it from the second chance to another chance and we did that because we realized that many of us we used up our second chance years ago years ago won't tell you how long ago it was but it was years ago <clears throat> tonight we're going to be in the book of malachi we're going to be in the book of malachi uh, let's let's pray father in the name of your son jesus christ we thank you we thank you we thank you we thank you we can't thank you enough for all that you've done and all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for covering us with your blood. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for your protection. And we thank you for another opportunity to go into your word. Bless us now. Everyone that connects to this lesson, we ask a special blessing in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm in the book of Malachi. And my my subject tonight, I, I was thinking while I was preparing of someone who's testing a microphone. You know, you're doing a sound check. You want to make sure that it's working uh, and that everything is in order. And uh, many times the person that gets in the mic will say, testing, testing, testing. Uh, and I want to use that as my my subject tonight and I'm going to take you to Malachi chapter 3 verse number 10 where it says bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it powerful verse you hear it all the time uh, especially when you're getting ready to lift an offering. They read that scripture, and um, many people don't realize it, but he, there is an indictment that the Lord brought against Israel. Uh, and we use that scripture for tithing, yes, and there's a reason why. We'll get into it. Uh, but let's, let's give a backdrop first. Malachi's name means messenger. Uh, he raised Malachi to bring a word to his people. Um, <clears throat> historical content. By now, the temple had been rebuilt, and uh, sacrifices and the feasts had been reinstituted, you know, because at one time all of that had stopped. Uh, but over a course of time, between Nehemiah rebuilding the walls and Ezra bringing the word of God uh, and, and bringing revival, um, things had been reinstituted, so now they're back to making their sacrifices. They had gone back to uh, celebrating the feast. A general knowledge of the law uh, had been established or reintroduced, as I forestated by Ezra. Um, but in the midst of this, there was backsliding uh, among the people and the priesthood. Uh, the priesthood was slip, was slipping away. Uh, so the spiritual climate uh, and neglect 
is what Malachi had to address through his prophecy. It sort of resembles what happened because we taught this earlier. Nehemiah, after rebuilding the wall, he stayed in Jerusalem for a while, but he decided to go back to Persia. Uh, and he stayed in Persia. Uh, but when he came back from Persia, he came and saw that there was a decline among the people and the priest. Um, he came to serve as governor a second time, Nehemiah. Uh, and when he came and looked at the condition of his people spiritually, it, it, it became a burden in his heart as well. Um, the priest had not only uh, begun to backslide, but he noticed that the priesthood, now by the time I should say Malachi is on the scene, was just outright corrupt. Um, and the tithing and the offering was being neglected. Tithing and the offering was being neglected, and that was part of worship. The ministry uh, was supposed to be able to go perpetually, um, and it would take the tithes and the offerings uh, to take care of the, the ministry, the Levites, the priest, uh, and the needs of the people. The Levites, the priest, and the needs of the people. And all this was being neglected. Another thing that was happening during this time, the marriage covenant was being uh, violated, where the Hebrew men were divorcing their Hebrew wives. I mean, it was an epidemic of sorts. They were divorcing their Hebrew wives, and they were marrying the pagan women. Marrying pagan women, that's another lesson within itself. There's a whole lot there that I could spend a few hours in teaching. So they were getting rid of their wives and divorcing. Um, so here is Malachi. Uh, this is post-exilic. -exi -ex it's after the exile. I was trying to use a big word, and it wouldn't come out right. Um, and he's talking to these people about their habits, where they are... Uh, trying not only uh, to get away from the things of God. When they attempted to do the things of God, they tried to get over. So they would, they would purchase um, a dove with a broken wing. They were looking for bargains. I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay full price for a sacrifice. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't want to pay full price for the sacrifice. I'll give God whatever I want to give him. Uh, and one of the rules was no bones could be broken of, of the sacrifice. It had, it had to be a good sacrifice. Uh, the lamb had to be a, a good lamb, not, not one that's limping. Don't, don't give me your worst, give me your best. Uh, and they would go get a sacrifice and they, they would get bargains. Uh, and the Lord was, he was insulted. Um, they were not doing what the Lord required of them. So here is Malachi now. <clears throat> and um, it's a tremendous challenge uh, because many things were going on. The mindset of the people had gotten worse, so much so until they were doubting the promises of God. And when you stray away from God's word, you'll... After a while, you'll tend to second guess or question even the intentions of God's word. Is it really true? Is it so? Uh, and they started questioning. They started questioning uh, the righteousness and the justice of God, the fairness of God. They, they started uh, wondering, am I really going to profit anything from obeying God's word? Uh, so we had a we had a problem here. Here we are, the last book of the Old Testament, and you would think that the people of God by now would have had their act together. Here we are, in the year 2021, and Jesus is getting ready to come, and you would think that the people of God would have themselves together. The summer is past, prophets said. Hallelujah. And we are not saved yet. No, we're still not saved. We still got work to do. Um, God wants all of it. He wants all of us. He, 
not half of us, because when God gives, he gives his best. Um, so here we are in Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I'm going to read that same verse in the Common English Bible. Bring the whole tenth part to the storage house. So there might be food in my house. Please test me in this, says the Lord of heavenly forces. See whether I do not open all the windows of the heavens for you and empty out a blessing until there is enough. The Message Bible, I like that better. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Now, before I get into the lesson, I see and I even feel I'm going to have to have a quick sidebar with some of you because uh, it's it's been a debate over the years with, with folks in the church, even preachers. You don't need to tithe. Uh, tithing is unnecessary because uh, it's only a... a the New Testament thing, and it was the law, and we don't follow the law anymore. Um, but I'm, I'm going to just share two things with you before I go into the lesson. Number one, uh, we pay tithes to fulfill a covenant, right? Um, 2 Corinthians 3.11, I'll read it, and that's a New Testament scripture I'm giving you. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more than, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Second Corinthians 3.11, I'll read it again. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. So in every comparison of the law of Moses, and there Paul was comparing uh, the law with what's going on now with grace, uh, so any comparison we make with the uh, law of Moses and the new covenant that came by Jesus Christ, the new covenant, of course, and we know it stands supreme. And the characteristic word in the Bible, uh, when you read the book of Hebrews, he says everything we have now in this covenant is better and everything is better about the new covenant. So if the law demanded tithes. If the law demanded tithes, then how much more should we who are under the perfect law of liberty or grace, we should give our tithing willingly. We should do it willingly. I'm going to take you to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, he's talking about grace. Grace is considered to be the perfect law of liberty. And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So if the law is written, uh, if the law is written now in the fleshly tablets of our hearts, and we follow God's commands, uh, not for because of outward rules. Uh, I don't I don't do it now because of the rules. I do it now because it's in my heart, <laughs> because I love the Lord because of this new nature. Uh, so then how quickly and how easily we should give the tenth or the tithe that belongs to the Lord. Uh, and I'm going to take you, I'm going to keep you in the New Testament scripture right now. Second Corinthians chapter three, verses three through six, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. And I, and I, I hear this much, uh, not only among uh, just saints, but among people, uh, the preachers and, and so forth. They say you don't have to pay tithes because tithing is under the law. Uh, and if that's a sufficient reason for me not to pay my tithes, then I can also mistreat my mother and father. My, my dad has passed on, bless his soul, but I could also mistreat my mother. 
and, and the law says that I should honor my mother and father that my days may be long upon the earth. I don't see anybody walking around saying, well, that's an Old Testament scripture. That's the law. I can go and knock my mother down uh, a few flight of stairs. No, uh, and I know I sound extreme, but so do you. Um, Exodus 20 and 12. What does it say? Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Um, and I'll give you another reason why we pay tithes. Uh, it's because we want to acknowledge our heritage. Um, Galatians 3.29 says, um, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Abraham, according to scripture, I'll take you there, Genesis 14 and 20. Abraham was the first tithe giver. The first one to pay tithes. Uh, and it's, rec it's, it's on record. Now, the law wasn't here yet. So Abraham was before the law and Abraham is paying tithes which means tithing did not come with the law. It was before the law. Abraham paid his tithes. I'm going to read it for you for those who don't believe me. Genesis 14 and 20. And blessed be the most high God, which have delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. This is Abram paying tithes till Melchizedek. Abram's grandson paid tithes. This is before the law. Genesis 28, 22. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. This is Abram's grandson. Who is that? Jacob paid tithes. Scripture says that Levi, Abraham's descendant and father of the tribe from which the priesthood came. So the preachers are supposed to pay tithes too. Don't just ask for it. You're supposed to do it yourself. Abraham's descendant and father of the tribe which the priesthood came paid tithes in um, Abraham. Hebrews 7 and 9. Hebrews 7 and 9. And as I may say, I'm sorry, and as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. My God. He didn't just take the tithes. A preacher is not only supposed, he doesn't just take the tithe. I'm not supposed to just collect an offering and don't give. The priest is not supposed to just tell, you got to pay your tithes. You better pay your tithes. And you don't pay them yourself. Shame on you. Here you have right here in the word, it says, Levi, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. So we have a heritage. Part of our heritage is paying the tithe. It precedes the law of Moses. So because I'm a descendant of Abram, because I'm a part of that lineage by grace, as a child of Abraham and an heir of the promise of Abraham, I acknowledge every time I pay an offering, every time I give my tithes, I am also acknowledging my family relationship. I'm in the family. This is what family does. Hallelujah. And this is what Jesus said, because some people say, well, uh, Jesus denounced tithing. He got rid of all of that. But here um, in the gospel, according to St. John, chapter uh, verse 39, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 39. Um, listen to these words. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. So it would be strange to claim to be a child of Abraham and don't do what his children do. We claim to be children of God and we don't do what the children are supposed to do. This is what family does. This was a fundamental practice of the children of God. Not only those that went to church, but the preacher himself, the Levites, those of the Levitical order, not only collected the tithe, 
but they gave the tithe also. So there are requirements. I'm, I'm, we, we tend to argue over those basic requirements, those things that are required of us. And we need to go back to doing what family does. Um, so here God is bringing an indictment against his children because they were backsliding. Even after the church was built, the temple is built. Uh, you have the word there. Uh, but preacher and member were both backsliding and relinquishing and giving up the things of God. Uh, and the Lord speaks to them. Will a man rob God? And they're talking back to God. You know the scripture. How have we robbed you? Uh, and the Lord tells them, uh, you've robbed me with tithing and offerings. You're not, you're not doing what is required of you. So, um, and God is indicting them. He's telling them, you got to go back. Let's go back to doing what we're supposed to be doing. Malachi 3 and 10 Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So um, there shall not be room enough to receive it. So I'm, I'm going to give you so much until you won't be able to receive it all. Uh, not at the same time. It's too much. So bring the whole tithe. Now, for God to tell them you have to bring the whole tithe means they were shortchanging God. And I'm only asking for a tenth. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you got a dollar, give me 10 cents. Hallelujah. Bring it into the storehouse. This, this is God's requirement. Does it mean that we should give a tenth to God? Uh, yeah, it surely does mean that. Uh, but it, it means so much more. It means so much more. I'm going to say it again. It means so much more. It, it, it involves making a full surrender, a full surrender of ourselves to God, a full surrender of ourselves to God and giving him his rightful place in our lives. <laughs> Lord, you should be number one in my life. And this was the very thing the people in Malachi's day, they had not done. Uh, let's go to verse uh, seven. Malachi 3 and 7. I'll read verses 7 through 9. And listen, listen to this. Starting at verse 7, and I'll end at verse 9. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinances. So, so God is saying this, we, we have a pattern here. <laughs> we have a pattern of you disobeying. You'll, 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 you'll do good for a while, then you turn away and go back to your to your old sinful ways. He said, uh, so he says, from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you. Come back to me and I'll come back to you. saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? They're talking back to him. How, how are we going to do this? How are we going to return? And he says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings, ye are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. So God requires that we give him the whole tithe. And, and let's talk about what it includes, right? Let's, let's talk about what this includes. Um, giving ourselves unreservedly to him without reservation. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, this is what Paul says in Romans 12 and 1, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Two, it means giving our substance, of course, to him. Uh, money, our home is his. Everything I have is his. And I know you're grown. You worked hard for it. I know. I hear you talking. And, and they said that back to God, too. But he let them know I gave you power to obtain wealth. I woke you up this morning. Hallelujah. Now, today is Wednesday, and many of you are home from work. Who woke you up this morning? Had God not allowed you to get up out of that bed, you would not have been able to go to work and earn that money that you earned today. 
so it it involves giving our substance to him our money our homes our cars everything we possess lord it belongs to you giving our time it means giving him your time uh and i i don't think we should make any division between what is secular and sacred all of my time belongs to him even if i'm on vacation i'm on god's time i'm breathing god's air hallelujah yeah the time that i have to be on this earth god has given it to me so uh, i'm giving my time to him and i'm i'm not going to make any divisions or differentiation between what's sacred or and secular but i'm using it everything for the glory of god yeah even if I'm out going for a walk, I'm doing it for the glory of God. Uh, even our children, we should give our children to him, right? And I know you've dedicated Johnny or you've dedicated Sarah to the Lord. Uh, but our attitude, our mentality should be, I thank God for my children. Hallelujah. But had it not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have these children here. Lord, uh, you take them. Um. Uh, Yes, and ask God to, to plan their lives, plan their lives, cover them, protect them. Uh, and it involves giving my talents to the Lord. All of my talents, my abilities, and my gifts go to him. I'm doing it all to glorify my God. So he says, bring it all to the storehouse. Bring your talents, your gifts. Yes, bring your tithe, a tenth of, of your tithe, and bring the whole tithe. Into the storehouse means to make a full, unconditional, unreserved, complete dedication of yourself, myself, and everything that we possess to the Lord. It means, uh, in New Testament terms now, for those of you who, who like to fight about it, in New Testament terms, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek ye first. Put God first. So when I, just like, listen, when, when, uh, when I worked in the, in, um, in the business world, I, I used to be a, a teacher. I taught computer programming. My degree was in, in uh, computer programming and so forth. So um, before I got that check, Uncle Sam took his money. And God is asking us to bring the tithe to him. But the government takes theirs before you even get what's coming to you. Uh, the word of God says that I should seek first the kingdom of God. So whatever I have, I should offer up to the Lord first. So if, if I get $10 or if I, if I get a house, Lord, this is your home. Occupy this space. And that, that's, what it, that's what it meant. But uh, in Malachi's day, and it happens today too, everybody was just doing what they wanted to do. And everything was me, 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 me. Uh, but even the New Testament under the New Covenant, they were told, we are told, to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and these other things shall be added unto you. Romans 6, 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean? The old me, the old me is done away with, but here I am now alive in Christ. Hallelujah. That means my life is hidden in him. Everything I have is in him. Everything I have is his. Hallelujah. Now, this, this goes totally against the prosperity teaching, prosperity gospel. Uh, and when you read the Bible, you'll find out that that's, that's not what Jesus taught. That's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, do I want, would I want to be rich? Oh, yeah, just like anybody else. Hallelujah. But you better believe if I want to be pleasing to God, I should acknowledge him because if he has blessed me and allowed me to be rich, as we call it, then I have to make sure that I give God what belongs 
to him because I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed beyond the clothing that I have on. I want to be blessed beyond the car that I drive in. Uh, and, and here's the reason behind what, what the Lord is talking about. Yeah. Um, why does God ask us to bring the whole tithe into his storehouse? In order, listen, in order that there may be food in my house or meat in my house. And in this amazing thought, I want to mess with you here a little bit. Uh, could it be that God is hungry for something? That God is yearning for something? And it and 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 go with me here. I know God is all powerful. I know God is is sovereign. He's an amazing God, but here's, here's just the thought I want to put out there. God is hungry. He's asking for something. God is asking for something. What is, what is it that God is asking for? What is it that thou requirest of me? What is it that you desire from me? We spend hours in prayer asking God what we can get this is what I want from you, God. This is what I want from you, God. Do this, do that. But how much time do we spend saying, Lord, what is it that you require from me? He's asking for something. God is asking for something. And for God to ask for something, first of all, it, he's asking for something. He hasn't been getting it. This is what I require. This is what I expect from you. What is it that God longs for as he, as he looks at us? When God looks at us, do you, what do you think God is asking us for? When he looks at you, when he looks at me. Uh, well, um, let's, let's walk with this for, for a few minutes. I would say God is, is looking for, asking for, or hungry for our love. Yeah our love because some sad to say some love the world more than they love God John 21 St. John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17 so when they had dined Jesus saith to Simon Peter Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me more than these <laughs> he saith unto him yea Lord thou knowest that I love thee he saith unto him then feed my lambs he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep sheep. He's hungry for our love. Do you love me? Do you love me? And each time Peter said, you know, I love you. I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. If we love him, then why are so many of us not doing what we should be doing? He's hungry for our fellowship. Yeah. Mark chapter three, verse 14. He ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. In each case, in each scripture I just read, notice the significance of, of one little word. It's spelled W-I-T-H. With. God wants us with him. If I knock on the door, let me in so I can sup with him, so I can fellowship with him. Mark 3 and 14, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him. So he wants our fellowship. He wants us with him and he with us. He's hungry. He is yearning. He is 
excited even about sharing his secrets with us. Listen to what God says concerning Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abram that thing which I do? Shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I do? He's anxious to share secrets with us. Even Paul said, I was left in Athens alone and the Holy Ghost taught me. Yes, and sometimes we're complaining about being by ourselves. Uh, perhaps you should lift up your head and talk to the Lord. You have me here for a reason. Is there something you want to show me? There were so many things God showed Paul. And, be, and because of that relationship, Paul stepped in and said, yes, Lord, I'm here. What would happen if we just gave time to the Lord, just gave him what he required? What kind of secrets would he whisper in our spirits, things that he would share with us? God is yearning for that opportunity. We need to give it to him. He's hungry to have our cooperation. I would even say help. And that some of you might struggle with the word help, but there's certain things that we have to do that we should be doing that would increase the souls in the kingdom, that would bring about the results that the church is supposed to be bringing about because we're doing what we should be doing. And the Lord is yearning for us to do these things. And I'm, I'm going to just give you scripture. Perhaps that will help explain more of what I'm saying. He says in, in uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So pray that the Lord would send in laborers. Uh, so he needs people that are going to cooperate with his word, cooperate with the vision, cooperate with the move. Yes, workers, laborers. So pray to the Lord of the harvest. Who is that? Christ. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers. He's, he's yearning for the help. We need help getting these souls in. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1. When then as workers together with him beseech you also, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now, finally, he's also hungry or yearning to see his image in us. He wants us, I, I can hear the Lord say, why can't you be more like me? Why can't you be more like your father? Romans 8, let's go there. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For we, I'm sorry, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So he's hungry to see his image, his image in us. He also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So if I bring the whole tithe, if we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that they will be meeting God's house. If we will give our all in full surrender, God's hunger will be satisfied. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. If we bring all of our tithes into the storehouse, there will be meat enough in God's house. And if we will give our full surrender to God, God's hunger will be satisfied. I think I want to say that one more time. If we bring the entire tithe into the storehouse, there will be meat in God's house. Yes, that's what he said. And if we will give our all, fully surrender to the Lord, his hunger will be satisfied. So hear the request that God is making. Let's hear it. In this request, he's saying, prove me, test me, testing, testing, test me in this. What a staggering thought. Here is God saying, prove me. 
And as I first stated, they were doubting the word of God now. They were actually talking back to God and saying, I'm doing all of this. I don't see no benefit. What, what would it benefit me to give this and give that? And God is saying, try me. It's about you and I. And I hear people talk back even during the offering. I've heard people mumble. I, you know, preachers don't always sit in the pulpit. Sometimes we're sitting in the audience. And I hear people grumbling, grumbling. I don't, I'm not giving him my money. I'm not doing this. And, you know, I, and I understand, I understand both sides because there are pulpiteers that have taken advantage of the people. But when you give, it's not between you and the preacher. It's between you and God. God is saying, he's not saying try the priesthood, test the priesthood. The priests were backsliding. I told you that earlier when we were opening up. One of the problems Nehemiah saw it when he came back from his sabbatical. Ezra even saw it while he was bringing revival to the people. And Malachi now is bringing an indictment against the people and the priests. The priests were backsliding. The priests were corrupt. They were no longer telling the people, you have to do this. You have to live right because they were, they were all messed up too, right? So God is saying, this is between me and you. Try me. Testing. Testing. Test. Try me. Put me to the test. Try God. Try God. And I think some of us have been in church for so long until you, you're starting to act like it's between you and the preachers, between you and whatever auxiliary you're on. It's between. And so when people don't do right, you get all twisted. Right. But it's between you and God. He said, try me and see. What a, what a staggering thing it is for God to condescend. He's he's condescending. He condescends to promise not only to bless us, but to put him to the test. You don't believe me? Try me. You don't believe me? Test me. Hallelujah. I felt that in my spirit. Try, test God. Put God to the test. Wow. It, it's though he's saying you just do what I require from you and ask of you and see what I do for you. You just tried doing everything I've asked you to do and see what I do for you. Hallelujah. Well, what would be the result if we test God, if I put God to the test? What would be the result if I just obeyed his word, didn't care about, I don't care what people say. I know it's, things are tight, but God told me to test him. Testing, testing, testing. Try me. He heard them mumbling. I don't know if I'm the, the I do all of this and I don't I don't I'm not gonna see no difference. I don't see why we need to do this. If I hold on to this money, I'll have the money. You know how people do. But God is saying it's not about you and that preacher. It's not about you and that pew you're sitting in and and how many years you've been in church and all it's about me and you. Try me and see. Try, test God. Test me in this. Test me in this. And, and listen, all, all through the Bible, all through the Bible, the Bible tells us of the blessings that he's ready to give his children when we obey him. There's no good thing that he'll withhold from you if you walk up rightly before him. If I obey him, if I do his will, the Bible tells us of the blessings that he's ready to give, that he's ready to give his children when we obey his command. So let's talk about the result that God promises. These are the results that God promises. And I want you to consider this as because he says, windows. I'll open unto you the window of heaven. Uh, and right now I'm hearing that, that song, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. So I want you to envision this as being opening the floodgates and opening it until so many blessings will come. So many blessings until it won't be room enough for me to receive it all. And sometimes when I'm lifting the offering, I'll, I'll use this analogy and say, it, I call it the U-Haul blessing. 
God, if I do it his way, he'll bless me so much until I have to rent a U-Haul truck. I won't, and the truck won't be big enough for me to get it all. I'll have to make more than one trip. Hallelujah. But are we willing to put God to the test? I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me too. Are we willing to put God to the test and prove him? If, if we are, then we have to face up to the following. Listen, let's go back to Romans 12 and 1. We, that means then we have to give him our lives. I got to give him my life and see what he's going to do with it. I'm going to give you my life, Lord, and I, I want to see what you're going to do with it. Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So when you think about this, think about what he did with Saul before he became Paul, right? He turned him around. But think about once, once Saul gave his life to the Lord, think about it. When we read his story in the Bible, think about what God did with him, did with his life. Hallelujah. When he fully surrendered to him, Think what he did in, in the lives of, of great men that you may know. Now, we read their books now, um, and if I say their last names, you may, you may remember those of you who read books and Bibles, different uh, translations of Bibles and, and other literature. If, if I mention Moody and Livingston and C.T. Studd, A.W. Pink, uh, yes, if I, if I mention Wigglesworth, uh, Schombach, if I mention those words, if I mention Haywood, Bonner, and Lawson, yes, if I mention those names, uh, look at what God did with their lives. They gave their lives to the Lord, and look what God did. Look what God did. What would happen if we gave our lives completely over to the Lord? The other thing we need to do, we have to give him all that we possess and see how he blesses it, see how he uses it. I know I'm talking some tall stuff, but God is saying, listen, if, if, you, if I die tonight, there's nothing that I have that I can take with me. The clothes in the closet, cars in the garage would all still be here. Seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. So, I've got to give him what I possess and see how he blesses it. Many people testify the way that God has multiplied their gifts. And, uh, but this was after they totally surrendered to God. Hallelujah. Like, like uh, let's, let's go there. John 6 and 9. Listen. John 6 and 9. This is a familiar story. 6, 9 through 14. There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Listen, he only had two small fish and five loaves of bread and a multitude of people to feed. Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Now that's just the men. 5,000 men. Didn't say nothing about the women and children that were there. 5,000 men. Didn't say anything about the women and children. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fish as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth that prophet that, prophet that should come into the world. Let me read that part again. This is of the truth, that prophet that should come unto the world, my Lord. So he only had two little fish and five loaves of bread. 
but he gave it all to Jesus. And it multiplied. As a matter of fact, the fragments amounted to so much more. They had so much more left over. That's the kind of blessing I'm looking for where I'll have so much more. So much more. We complain about uh, what we have. I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to share it. Uh, but if we gave it to the Lord, we'd end up with so much more. So, the results. What would happen if I gave him my time? I gave him my time and I'd, let's see how he would bless it. Hallelujah. Money would be short. But you have time to pray and work. Because God needs prayers and workers. He needs prayers and he needs workers. What would happen if I gave him more of my time? What would happen if I gave up my, my TV time? Hallelujah. What would happen if you gave up some of that telephone time? Yeah. Some of that game playing time. Gave that up to fall on your knees or to do something in the kingdom. Because prayers are needed and workers are needed in the vineyard. What if you gave up that time? What if you gave up some of that shopping time? Instead of going to the mall, you went to the altar and prayed for the people of God. Hallelujah. This is what God is hungry for. What if we gave him our children? I know you're proud of them. Yes, you hear the parents and you should brag on them. But what would happen if you gave him or her to the Lord? I believe you would get to see his purpose, his plans just unravel in their lives. It would be so much more than what we want and expect for our children, I'm sure. Um, give them your children and watch him fulfill his purpose for them and through them. I have in my notes, maybe, maybe they'll be a, a, a missionary. Uh, maybe they'll be a preacher, a bishop or an apostle, maybe. Maybe, maybe they'll be an ambassador in foreign country somewhere. Maybe I'm, I'm afraid, for lack of a better word, that sometimes we feel that God's, God's plan is not grandiose enough. Uh, but whatever God has for us is so much better. I, listen, my, um, as short as I am, I wanted to play football. I had dreams of being a professional football player. Um, I even played basketball. And, and, you know, I'm a short guy. Um, but the Lord wouldn't allow it to be. Um, I, I broke my knee in high school playing, playing ball. Um, then I thought I'd have a career. And I'd, I'd make my money in computer programming. And I went to college and got a degree. And um, it got to a place where I had to choose between preaching and working. Because I would get calls to go preach and I loved to preach the word. By then, there was a time when I ran from it. But when I said yes to the Lord, I'd rather preach than do anything. And uh, even the director of, of the college came to me and, and said... Uh, Mr. Fields, you're going to have to decide whether you want to teach or preach. And I, I, I was making good money. Uh, and, in, and I was in demand. I was even teaching at night school. So imagine that. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching during the day, computer programming. And then there was night classes. So, of course, I'd have my little break. And uh, when night school started, I'm I'm, I'm the professor. I'm sitting there teaching night school. So my check was fat. Um, and I wouldn't, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't really make up my mind. So when the revival came, I'd have, you know, a substitute would come in, but they didn't want that. They wanted me to make a decision. Uh, so God made the decision for me. And I know, um, and uh, the school shut down. They shut down the, the computer programming aspect of it and went to something else. So because I didn't make up my mind, it seemed like God closed the door. 
So I said, Lord, I'll, I'll just preach. I, gave, I went full-time. I was 26. Full-time ministry at 26 years old. My Lord. I gave him my life. I'm going to just do it. I gave him my life and the Lord has blessed me. Am I a millionaire? No. No, I'm not. But all of my, all that I've needed, his hands have provided. I have food to eat. I have clothes to wear. I have a car to drive in. My wife has a car. He has taken care of our needs. Yes, he has taken care of, he has kept his word. Hallelujah. He has kept his word. He has kept his word. My Lord. I did, so I never, I, I didn't stay a professor in college. I didn't make it rich in computers because I had dreams. Uh, but I gave him my life. I said yes to his will. I'm 59 now. And I've been full-time ministry since I was 26. You do the math. And he has paid my bills. He's put food on my table. Yes, I'm not malnourished. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm overweight. God has taken care of me. So what would happen if you gave him your life? He would take care of you. Yes, he would. And you know, there are some promises God made to me when I gave him my life completely, when I went full time. They haven't come to pass yet, but they will. When? When God is ready to give it to me. And sometimes it's when you're ready to receive it. He knows when. And I'm anticipating it is going to happen. We all have to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with the Lord. So what would happen? What would happen if you gave your child to him and said, Lord, you take his life. God would do whatever he wanted to do in that daughter's or son's life. But they'll be all right. They'd be more than all right. What would happen if I gave him my talents? See how God would use them for his glory. Can you imagine? Could you imagine a church full of people filled with blessing, with uh, a church that has frequent conversions? People are getting saved. Young people hearing the call to missionary work, right? I mean, young people in their 20s, like I was, hearing God's call, God God closing doors here and opening doors there and moving them into where? Could you imagine where we would be? Hallelujah. What kind of service would the church be providing? Uh, the love of God filling the hearts of many people. My Lord, that sounds like revival to me. What kind of revival would be stirred up if everybody was doing what God wanted them to do, giving him what he wanted them to give? Hallelujah. What would our church be like? What would our lives be like? What would our lives be like? Here God says, if you want to find out, bring all your tithes into the storehouse. That there may be meat in mine house. And prove me. Test me. Testing. Testing. Test me. He says, test me now. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until you get your next paycheck. Test me now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Test me and see if the Lord of hosts will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. It ain't a sprinkle. And pour you out, pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I'm going to stop there. I don't want to hold you too long. Hallelujah. I'm excited about this lesson tonight. God is challenging you to prove him, to test him. Test me and see. You don't believe me? Test me. Test me. Give me your all. Give me your all. Hallelujah. Give me your talent. Bring me the tithe. Hallelujah. Test me and see if I won't open up windows of, of heaven for you. If the blessings will open up. You want to know the key to opening up the floodgates? Give God what he desires. 
and the floodgates will open in your life. No, he's not going to give you money for money always. And we need to stop teaching people that, uh, that it's always going to be money for money. You give God one dollar, he'll give you five back. But listen to what God says here. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. Hallelujah. 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 And you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord. You shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Everyone around you will know that you are blessed. God will bless you. Yes, he will. God will strengthen you. We have to believe his word. If you're struggling with believing him, he's challenging you now to test him, try him, and see if he won't prove himself in your life. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this lesson tonight. All that's left now is to bow our heads in prayer. And I pray that this lesson has reached someone. Our hearts have been pricked. Somehow, oh God, you've ministered to us to continue to even do better, to go back to doing what we know we should be doing so we can reap the benefits of obeying your word. Hallelujah. You know how to take care of your children. Yes, you do. You know how to bless your children. Help us to yield to your word. Help us, O oh God, to learn how to surrender to you so we can have all that you would have us to have and do all that you want us to do and be all that you want us to be without fail, without hesitation, to trust you, not to waver, not to go into our own concepts and ways of doing things, but to do it your way so we can be blessed the way you want us to be blessed. Hallelujah. Bless us one by one, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope I've said something tonight to bless you. I hope I've been blessing you through the word. Now, if, if you are in need of prayer, you want someone to touch and agree with you, let us know. Admin at grtdc.org and someone from our staff or myself will get back to you uh, we'll lay your request on the altar, believing God. Can God do it? Yes, he can. Will God do it? Yes, he will. He's that kind of God. You want to be baptized in Jesus' name? Let us know. Admin at grtdc.org. And we'll make arrangements for you to be baptized in that wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to plant a seed in this ministry, you want to plant a seed in this ministry, you want to pay your tithes, you can do so. Uh, our technician, uh, with James or Craig, can put that on the bottom uh, of the screen for you. And if you're at the, our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, you may use Givelify. Yes, we're getting ready to give. We're getting ready to plant our seed. If you're in the building there at Refuge, uh, they'll pass the basket, either Elder Blackwood or um, Mother Van, they'll pass the basket and we can do our offering together as family. Let's pray. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you and we ask that you would receive these seeds that we're about to plant in this ministry. Bring forth harvest, we pray. Hallelujah. We're giving because we love you. We're giving because we love you. Hallelujah. And we love the ministry. Bless us now as we give, both gift and giver, in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Uh, and if the Lord say so, we'll come again on next Wednesday, back in the word of God. Back in the word of God. We're getting into his word so his word can get into us. So... As we always say, until then, there are three things that we want you to do. Be careful, be prayerful, and yes, 
be holy. Shalom, shalom.